for the privilege of being able to come together this morning to focus in on your word, to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from him. Father, we know all that needed to be accomplished in order for us to do that. And so this morning we remember and we thank you that in your love you sent your son. Jesus, you were willing to go to the cross to die for us in our place, to take on the wrath of the Father that should have been placed on us, and that you, in your great love and mercy, have given us new hearts with new desires that long to please you. And Father, we are so thankful that you have given us your word that it uh, brings conviction when needed, that it brings us encouragement where needed, and most of all, that it reveals uh, you and your Son to us. Father, I pray for each of us this morning that as we have your word open before us, that you would use it to pierce our hearts. Father, we want to learn more about what it means to honor you with our lives, what it means to be your servants. And so I pray that you would teach us that this morning and that you would be honored and glorified. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, go ahead and turn over your notebooks and uh, let's look at our Wellspring purpose. And then we'll also go over the disciplines so that we remember what we are called as Women of Grace Bible Church to unite around. So the purpose of meeting together is to equip and encourage one another to shepherd our hearts toward Jesus Christ with the word of God so that we live out the gospel, thus strengthening the church in its gospel purpose. Are you remembering that connection between shepherding your heart and living out the gospel? and strengthening the church. When we choose other things over shepherding our own hearts, it it doesn't only affect our hearts. It affects others' hearts, right? And we're going to see that in our lesson this morning. So let's stop and evaluate. How are you doing with the disciplines in light of the purpose? Do you need encouragement? Do you need to be challenged? Do you need some spurring on? Do you need to be reminded yet once again of what your heart needs most? Discipline 1 tells us that we're to shepherd our hearts with the word of God in order to meet with and love and worship and fear and become more faithful to the God of the Word. Are you by now consistently in the Word? Is it becoming a natural part of your life? Do you wake up in the morning longing to be with your Savior? If not, are you disciplining yourself to get into the Word, knowing the treasure that you'll find there? 
Are you seeing what happens to your heart when you neglect that time in God's word? How as Lori explained last time, what happens when you're being lured away? If so, if you acknowledge that, are you shepherding your heart back? Back to him. And then what are you doing as you are in God's word? Are you drawing near to God to love and to worship him? Ladies, if we are not doing this, we are like a dry well with nothing to offer others. How can we strengthen the church if we are not drawing from him? We can't. We must be in his word. And we must be purposeful, caring for our hearts while we are in it. Discipline 2 shows us that the next place that we need to be most impacted outside of our own hearts with the word of God and the God of the word are with those with whom we live. We must make sure that these are the relationships that we are remembering to care for first. That there is a gospel aroma coming off of us, scripture flowing out of us, and Christ seen in us that affects those in our home, our children, our husbands, our roommates, our parents. We want to make a gospel impact on those relationships. From there, discipline number three flows. The woman who shepherds her heart and cares for those in her home will also have a positive impact in the church, those in the church and those outside of the church. She will be impactful because she's been feasting on God's word. And we'll see that next month also, that she will be impactful because of the kind of woman she is, a woman who knows her God, because that's her intention to get to know him as she reads his word. She will be impactful because she brings love and grace and kindness to them. It's important to be reminded of these things this morning. As we look at both, we're going to kind of combine disciplines two and discipline three. So the home and ministry. We're going to be in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. So would you turn with me there, please? And as you do, I have some questions that I'd like for you to ponder. Do you ever feel in your ministry to those in your family and also to those outside of your family? Do you ever feel that there seems to be endless preparations and tasks? Do you ever feel distracted, carried away by all of the demands and the preparations that are required of your ministry? Do you ever feel alone in your ministry, in your service to others? Do you ever feel frustrated with the people that God has placed in your life as your ministry? 
Do you ever feel that no one really values or is sensitive to the many demands of your ministry? Again, whether inside your home or outside of it. Do you ever judge those around you when they seem to be oblivious to the many demands of your ministry? Do you ever wonder how you will get everything done that needs to be done? And have you ever felt that your serving started out well, but at some point you lost sight of Jesus, the one whom you are ultimately serving? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, then you will relate to Martha. And because I think it is so easy for all of us to relate to her, We need to hear Jesus' words this morning to both Martha and to Mary. So let's look at our passage. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his words. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So as we look at the lives of these two women this morning and think about Jesus' words to them, we're going to find that he has much to reveal to us about our own hearts and what it means to be a servant And what will distract us from God-honoring service? I want to begin by looking at what this passage is not about. Because it will help us clarify Jesus' intent in the passage. And not minimize what it has to reveal about our own hearts. So first of all, this passage is not about personality types or temperaments. Have you ever heard that before? I have. It's not. And the fact that Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to his words does not mean that she was unwilling to serve. Jesus is not trying to help us learn how to be balanced between Martha-type service and Mary-type solitude. And the point of this passage is not that we should be unconcerned about serving. Rather, in this passage, Jesus focuses on the choices we make. In verse 42, Jesus tells us that Mary has chosen the good part. And the implication is that Martha has not As we look at this passage, I just want to remind us where we need to focus on the choices that we make. 
Okay, not on the not on the choices of others, but we need to focus in and think about our own hearts before the Lord. So let's look at the lives of Mary and Martha. Two sisters, Martha is the older and Mary is the younger. They have a brother Lazarus, Lazarus who later dies and is brought back to life by Jesus. We see that in John 11. And you'll notice from the passage that there is no mention of servants there, which was very common in that day, implying that all of the household responsibilities of hospitality fell on Mary and Martha. To many of us, I think this is a very familiar narrative in the word. Who doesn't identify with Martha frustrated with all of the work that's before her and who doesn't admire Mary's devotion to her Lord. This morning as we look at the lives of these two women, I pray that you will look at them with fresh eyes and look carefully at the words that Jesus speaks to them. As we do, we will find that he has much to reveal to us in relation to himself and about our hearts. What it means to be a servant and what will distract us from God-honoring service. As we do, I think we will gain new insight into discipline number one and its interconnectedness with disciplines two and three. Why we must never neglect in bringing our hearts to the word of God and remember him throughout our day. So let's look again at verse 38. In this verse, we will see a heart to serve. Now, as they were traveling along, he, Jesus, entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. See, we see that Martha started out with good intentions. She welcomed Jesus into her home, perhaps for a meal, perhaps for the evening, or possibly to stay a while in that village, in much the same way that Jesus told his disciples to stay in homes that would receive him when he sent them out to preach to the different villages. where we see that in Luke chapters 9 and 10. Many commentators believe that an invitation to Jesus would naturally include extending hospitality to the men that he traveled with. So this was no small thing that Martha was offering. The idea of welcomed here means that she received Jesus into her home for the purpose of showing hospitality and kindness to him. The word communicates that she wanted to shower him with goodness and kindness. She wanted to meet his needs. She wanted to extend kindness and hospitality. See, that is good. Yet, there is great warning here. See, we can have the best of intentions to serve and to extend kindness to those in our household 
and to those that we invite in. But a good start does not guarantee a good outcome. A good start does not guarantee a good outcome. We must not be deceived into thinking that good intentions are good enough. Because we all have the potential to undo our good intentions if we are not careful. We must guard against that undoing by choosing the one thing that Jesus said is necessary. So let's now take a look at Mary and learn a little bit more about her choice. We see in Mary a heart engaged. Look at verse 39. She, Martha, had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. See, Mary here, we find, desired to be with Jesus. She was taking full advantage of the opportunity to spend time listening to him. I think she understood that the Son of God himself was a guest in her home. Now, as a woman, she had every cultural reason not to be seated at the feet of Jesus listening to him. She had every reason to be with Martha instead. A woman serving a rabbi in that day was not uncommon. But here, Mary was assuming and preferring the role of disciple under a rabbi. Now that was unusual, and it helps us understand her strong desire to be with Jesus. Mary understood the priority and the privilege of being with Jesus. This was a woman who was shepherding her heart toward Jesus Christ in order to drink in his words because they revealed more of him to her. She wanted Jesus. That takes purposeful choice. She chooses to be free from distractions, even the good distractions, in order to get to the best. She chooses the best. She was very intentional about her choice. And we must learn to be intentional in choosing to be near to Jesus as we take in its word and allow it to affect our hearts. This will happen when we, like Mary, understand the treasure we find in knowing him. Now, let's compare that with Martha. We see in verse 40 a heart distracted. The verse begins with, but Martha. When we see the word but, we know that a contrast is coming. We just saw Mary seated at the feet of Jesus, but Martha was distracted. To be distracted means to be drawn away. Martha had become overoccupied and too busy with her preparations. 
And the word distracted here is passive. It's a passive verb. Meaning that she didn't fight against it. She just let it happen. Instead of keeping her focus where it seemed to be in verse 38 when she welcomed Jesus into her home, she allowed herself to be pulled away from Jesus. In addition, Jesus describes Martha as worried and bothered in verse 41. To be worried means to be anxious or troubled about something or overwrought, on edge, or fretful. The Greek word for bothered is ter- terbazo. It's the same word from which where we get our English word, turbulent. That's a pretty good word picture for us, isn't it? Martha is troubled and all stirred up, and she is visibly showing agitation. Now, the focus of worried is an inward uneasiness, while bothered is outward misunderstanding and excessive activity. And what is it that has Martha so bothered and worried and distracted? Look again at verse 40. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. It is so important to understand that it's not wrong for Martha to serve Jesus. It's not wrong for us to serve those in our household and those within the body and our neighbors. Serving and working hard in service is good. In the early church, women are known for their service. Paul in Romans 16, 1 and 2 commends Phoebe, who was a servant and a helper in the church and to Paul personally. In Romans 16, 3, Paul refers to Priscilla as his fellow worker in Christ Jesus. Acts 16, 14 and 15, Paul tells us that Lydia opened up her home and extended hospitality to Paul and to the church. In Luke 4:39, we find that immediately after Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law, she gets up and she waits on them. She serves them. See, these women are not in any way rebuked for their service. This passage certainly is not saying that we should ignore extending kindness. In fact, look up just a few verses in verse 33, just before this passage. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan, where Jesus had just taught that we need to love others by our actions, by serving our neighbors. Serving and excuse me, serving reflects the image of God. We were created to bear that image of Jesus as one who serves. Hard work was not Martha's problem. It's not our problem. That is not what spoils our service. 
our ministry. What spoiled Martha's ministry was a heart that was not anchored and steadied and fixed and riveted on Jesus' words. Instead, we see a heart that was distracted and swept away by much preparation. Look again at verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all her preparations. Literally, she was distracted by much service. Jesus said to her in verse 41, You are worried and bothered about so many things, meaning more than what was necessary. Martha put an exaggerated value on excessive service. And she was distracted by all that she thought she needed to do. I think we all know that we can miss the heart of serving our families and those uh, um, outside of our families by being lazy. But we can also miss the right heart attitude of service by being distracted by doing too much. When our hearts are swept away by preparations and they are not anchored to Jesus, that is when we lose our focus. That's what happened to Martha. She was distracted by her excessive service. And in doing so, she missed what was necessary. She missed the good part. She missed the opportunity to learn from the one she was trying to serve. And we, like Martha, may very well be distracted and worried and bothered by an inaccurate view of what we need to do. But that's not all that we can get carried away with, right? Let's stop for a second and ask ourselves, when are we most prone to be distracted and worried as Martha was? Is it when we're trying to please men rather than God? That could have been a temptation for Martha, right? Being concerned with what people thought about her service? Proverbs 29:25 calls that the fear of man. It says the fear of man brings a snare. It easily ensnares us to the same kind of turmoil that we see in Martha. Or are we prone to distraction when we're wanting to serve ourselves in that situation? When we want things done our way or maybe in our time and we want everyone else to be committed to it just the same way we are. Maybe we are excessively concerned with what others are doing or not doing, maybe to the point even of judging them or being embittered toward them rather than fixing our eyes on Jesus and the privilege of knowing and serving him. And we need to ask ourselves, are we ever more concerned 
with what we get done than how we get it done when we're tempted to be distracted like Martha was? Are we ever tempted then to use intimidation or manipulation or nagging because getting it done becomes more important than being like Christ in that moment? Ladies, if we desire to grow in grace, we must be on guard so that we are not carried away by anything, that we don't let these things take our focus off of Jesus. When we don't guard our hearts and we allow ourselves to be distracted and swept away, that is when we miss out on the good part. And when we do that, rather than displaying our love for Jesus, our service becomes a display of misplaced priorities. It becomes a burden. Working hard is not wrong. Having a heart that is swept away from the one who we are ultimately serving That is terribly wrong. So let me ask you, whose choice was this? This distracted and worried and bothered heart. There is no one that Martha can blame but herself. By not fighting against it, she chose to be distracted. And we have that same choice. We must realize that when our hearts hold weakly to Christ, W-E-A-K-L-E-Y, when our hearts hold weakly to Christ, it's because we choose it to be that way. Martha chose to have a distracted, worried, and bothered heart. And it didn't stay confined within Martha. Her sinful distraction bore bitter fruit. And if our heart is in the wrong place, it will soon produce bitter fruit as well. Let's look further at verse 40. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him. Martha came up to Jesus. That term implies that there was a sudden suspension of her feverish activity when she saw her sister just sitting there. You ever done that? Does that just kind of like prick a little bit? Martha was exasperated and she felt that she had good reason to be thoroughly annoyed. And so in her outburst of anger... Martha interrupted Jesus. And what was on Martha's mind? Let's finish reading the verse. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. See, Martha is looking for someone to blame. That's the bitter fruit that we see. 
First, she finds fault with Jesus. Lord, do you not care? She accuses Jesus of being insensitive. Now, think about that. Jesus, who is on his way to Jerusalem, who has his face resolutely set to go to the cross and die. And she asked him, don't you care? In other words, you care about Mary, but what about me? See, now she's accusing Jesus of partiality. And Martha didn't stop with blaming Jesus. She also reproached Mar- she also reproached Mary for abandoning her. My sister has left me to do all the serving alone. See, it's evident by her actions that Martha's heart was not anchored to be near to Jesus. She was distracted by all of her preparations and service. And at this point, she couldn't even begin to evaluate her own heart. She was completely blinded to her own sin. And all she could see was what she thought was wrong outside of herself. Do you see what we are all capable of? I think it would be easy, though, for us to think, wow, I can't believe that Martha did that. Right? But you know what? We all do that. I do this. Do you see how easy do you see the sin that we so easily fall into when we don't shepherd our hearts to Jesus continually? We can easily allow ourselves to be distracted and carried away, stirred up in our minds, in our emotions by our ex excessive expectations of what we think needs to be done. And when we do, we sin right in the middle of our service. It's easy to fall into the temptation to look outside of ourselves, to look for excuses, and even assume that we know the motives of others And we can make accusations, even toward God. We see this same accusation in Mark chapter 4. I want you to turn back there for just a minute. Verses 35 and 36 tells us that it was evening and it was getting dark. And Jesus had just gotten into the boat with his disciples. Now look at verse 37. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up 
and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And Jesus said to them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Notice in verse 38, what was their accusation? Teacher, do you not care? See, we can be so quick to draw conclusions, wrong conclusions about God based on our circumstances, can't we? This accusation revealed the disciples' heart, just as it revealed Martha's heart, and oftentimes it reveals our hearts. See, there is a great warning for us here. Our hearts can so easily become self-centered so focused on ourselves at the very moment that we need to be focusing on and trusting in Jesus. It shows us how critical it is for us to be soaking in his word so that we don't forget him throughout our day. So that our thoughts and our responses And our hearts reflect what is true about him. Let's look again at verse 40. When Martha said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Do you see again how self-centered Martha has become at this point? She was concerned that she was left alone in her excessive service. From Martha's self-centered perspective, Mary had deserted her. Now, don't miss what Martha had just acknowledged when she said those words. Don't you care that my sister has left me? See, Martha just acknowledged there that Mary had been serving. But Mary, unlike Martha, knew what part of serving was necessary and then was willing to stop so that she could focus on Jesus. Mary understood the right priorities. She had made the preparations that were necessary But then she left her service to listen to Jesus' teaching. But meanwhile, Martha felt entitled to Mary's help. She was so self-centered at this point that she couldn't see that Mary had left for a good reason, for the right reason. And so we see her bossiness In verse 40, when she said to Jesus, Then tell her to help me. She told Jesus what to do. Martha wanted her sister 
to help her bear her unnecessary burden. And so she demanded that Jesus tell Mary to help her. One commentator says that Martha, when she said this, took a stance over Jesus, forgetting who she was and whom she, to whom she was speaking. She forgot that she was his servant and that he was her master. See, Martha was convinced that Mary should serve her rather than Jesus. Hmm. Do you see the pride in that? She thought she knew what was best for everyone. And just like Martha, our sinful pride can make us susceptible to judgment and to all kinds of evil. Anger, resentment, jealousy, distrust, a critical spirit, and unkindness. It is so easy to get caught up in our own whirlwind of things to do that we can forget whose we are. We're slaves of Jesus Christ. We forget how needy we are, how much we need Him. It's His strength and His words which help us to persevere with what needs to get done and the wisdom to know what is truly important. See, being with Jesus is what shapes our heart attitude so that we are willing to acknowledge and then repent of our pride and put aside the things that are unnecessary so that our serving brings honor to him. Let's look at one last bitter fruit that we see in Martha's sinfully distracted heart. We see it in Jesus' words in verse 42. Let's read beginning in verse 41. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. When Jesus said that, which shall not be taken away from her, he revealed something very disturbing that's going on in Martha's heart. Martha was so bitter over Mary's choice that she actually wanted to take away from Mary what she found in being near to Jesus. Martha was deceived into thinking that her distracted service was most important. And she began to despise her sister's wholehearted eagerness to receive instruction from Jesus. 
And we too ruin our service when we overestimate our worth. See, this is Martha's heart issue. Jesus knew that Martha's heart was not right. There is nothing good in Martha's anxious and troubled agitation. Now, there is no doubt that Martha loved Jesus. But she was completely blind to her own heart problem. Her misguided idea of what it meant to serve him needed to be exposed so that she could repent of it. And Jesus is faithful to do just that. Let's look at what Jesus said to Martha to expose her sinful heart, to expose her mistaken idea of what it meant to serve him. We see in verses 41 and 42 a heart set right. I love this, by the way. Verse 41, But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. The searcher of hearts knew Martha's heart problem. It's obvious by her words and her actions that she is outwardly upset. But Jesus knew what was going on inside of her heart. And so, like a tender parent... Jesus exposed Martha's sin and gave her the gentle rebuke that she needed. Martha, Martha. The repetition of Martha's name by Jesus reveals marked disapproval, to be sure. But it's intended to bring her back gently. There is a sense of tender affection and grace in Jesus' concern for Martha. She needed to be lovingly yet firmly rebuked because she was missing out on what was most important. Jesus helped her to understand that she had exaggerated the necessity of her activities. Proverbs 27.6 tells us, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Jesus' words are the balm that Martha needed. She needed to see that her heart was distracted and worried and bothered. She needed to see that she was unwilling to look within her own heart to see her sin. She was only looking outside of herself and making an inaccurate diagnosis of what she sensed was wrong. Not with herself, but with those around her. Whenever we criticize others, 
and pity ourselves because we feel overworked, we had better stop and take time to examine our hearts. Perhaps in all of our busyness, we'll find that we have been ignoring the Lord. See, Martha's problem was not that she had too much work to do, but rather her problem was that she allowed her work to distract her and pull her away. If serving Christ makes us difficult to live with, there is something terribly wrong with our service. There's something terribly wrong with our hearts. Jesus knew Martha needed to understand that her motive was wrong. Her motive in serving was not pure. Who was the focal point of Martha's service? She was. Therefore, Jesus was not honored by Martha's service. He had no intention of defending it. See, Jesus knew what Martha needed. He knew that there was only one thing needed. One thing. It was what Mary chose to sit at the feet and learn from Jesus. And we also must choose to feast on his word and not allow our hearts to wander into excessive service. Now, did Martha heed Jesus' loving yet firm rebuke? We don't know exactly. But it's interesting that in John 12, just six days before Jesus would be hanging on the cross, we find Martha, or excuse me, we find Jesus in Bethany, once again eating supper, and it says Martha was serving. This time, there's no rebuke, no, no uh, account of her making any interruptions, just serving. And so I think we have reason to at least hope that Martha's heart attitude had changed. It's nice to see that hope, isn't it? And then in verse 42, we see a heart that feasts. The rest of Jesus' response commends Mary's choice. He said, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. She had chosen the one thing that mattered, to sit and to be with Jesus. She chose the good part. And we, too, must discipline ourselves to do that. It's a choice that we make. It doesn't say that she did it when she felt like it, does it? But just that she chose it. And if we are to choose what Jesus says is the good part, we have to plan for it. It's a commitment of time and effort. If we are to have the one thing that is necessary 
then we may have to reevaluate our schedules and our priorities and make whatever changes might be necessary so that we have room for this choice. Have you ever noticed that we don't have to plan for our hearts to drift? That just happens, doesn't it? But we do have to plan to meet with Jesus in his word. We don't have to plan for self-importance that would keep us away from his word. But we do have to plan that Jesus, for Jesus' importance to increase in our lives. In the midst of Mary's service, she chose something that led her from her service in order to improve her service. I wonder what she might have been like when she stepped back into her preparations with Martha. I can't help but imagine the difference that her time at the feet of Jesus would have made, how her servanthood would have been better, how Martha would have been ministered to by a woman whose heart had been near to Jesus and to his words. The whole atmosphere of service had the potential of being infused with the aroma of Jesus, right? So do you see the important lesson in this for us? As his servants, we must be very wise in the use of our time when we are not serving. So that during those times away from service, we would shepherd our hearts to the word of God in order to get to the God of the word so that we can enter back into service with a heart that is refreshed and prepared to serve, relying on God's grace with a service that is honoring to him. What we do with our hearts every morning and throughout the day, coming before God with a humble and submissive heart will make more of an impact on our service in our homes, in our small groups, in our Sunday service, in our school, in our job, than anything else that we might do. In a sermon that Spurgeon gave on this passage, He said, you are not losing time while you are feeding the soul. Soak that in for just a minute. Because sometimes, does it feel that way to you? Like, I got to get back. I got to get back. No. You are not losing time when you are feeding your soul. Martha was interested in in accomplishing but Mary was interested in a person she was consumed with Christ she chose to feast on his words Mary saw Jesus for who he was 
Therefore, she disciplined herself to make the choice to be near her portion. Listen to some verses that describe God as our portion. Hear the hope of the psalmist that the psalmist finds in knowing God in this way. Psalm 73:26, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 142.5, I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Psalm 119.57, the Lord is my portion. I have promised to keep your words. I sought your favor with all my heart. To be close to God and to have him as one's portion is to have a heart that is teachable and eager to learn. There is a single-mindedness about Mary. We sense her wholehearted love for her Savior, that nothing could tear her away from him. Mary chose what would benefit her heart and what would ultimately benefit those around her. When we, like Mary, choose this treasure, we will never be disappointed. This is a treasure that will never be taken away from us. And how do we know that? We have the privilege of being able to look back on the cross and all that Jesus accomplished there. And we need to remember that, especially in light of this passage. Listen again to all that we have been warned against. We've been warned that good intentions don't guarantee a good outcome. We've seen that we can easily allow our hearts to become distracted and anxious and bothered when we are not attentive to constantly shepherd them back to him, back to Jesus. We saw that we can easily misjudge what is actually necessary in our service and that when we do, we can easily allow that to lead us down a path of sinful distraction. And so we miss the very one that we're ultimately serving. And we saw that we can also allow other things to distract us, to distract our hearts to be fixed on Jesus. The fear of man or selfishness, or other misplaced priorities. We were warned that if we find our hearts carried away like Martha's was, that it's because we chose to hold weakly to Christ. And we also saw that a sinfully distracted heart heart bears bitter fruit, blaming, being self-centered, bossiness, bitterness, and all the while 
being blind to the very dangerous place to which our hearts have wandered. We can so easily sin against those closest to us right in the middle of our service. And so we need to take seriously what we heard this morning. We need to repent where God's word exposes sin. And remember in the middle of our conviction that we can find encouragement. We always remember that there is hope. Jesus knew that we would be women just like Martha who need to be forgiven and cleansed and made new in him. And so he died and he rose again for us. And we need to remember that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We see how gently Jesus restored Martha. Jesus told Martha that she was worried and bothered about so many things. And you and I get worried and bothered about so many things, don't we? But we know that Christ died for our sinfully worried and bothered hearts. If we're in Christ, ladies, we need to remember that we are no longer slaves to sinful worry and distraction or any of its bitter fruit. But we are slaves to Christ. And so even when we find that we have become distracted, we can flee right back to our master, right back to Jesus. And we can cry out and confess to him that we need him. And he will be faithful to reorder our priorities and our hearts. I want to end with this quote from Ryle's commentary on Luke. He wrote, Mary chose what, what was for the benefit of her soul. She was seeking more grace. She was striving after closer communion with God and his Christ. This was the portion which she preferred to everything else and to which she was willing for a time to postpone all earthly care. Those who seek such a portion will never be disappointed. Their treasure will never be taken away from them. I'm going to pray. And when I close, after I've, I've closed, I want you to just stay in your seats for a little bit. And you were handed out a piece of paper with some questions to consider. So I'd like for you at that point to take those out and to spend some time thinking about the lesson and pondering those questions. As you do, if your heart is convicted of sin, I pray that you will confess that sin, but then also that you will preach the gospel to yourself. And remember that we must never deal with our sin apart from the cross.
and then maybe in about five minutes or so I'll come up and I'll dismiss you but let's pray Father again we are so thankful for your word thank you that it reveals yourself to us Thank you for the reminder this morning that you are our master, Jesus. That we are your servants. Thank you that you have, I know, exposed the sin in my heart and I would assume in the hearts of others in this room. Father, it's so easy for us to become distracted and to get things turned around, to think that others, and sometimes even you, should serve us rather than us serving you. And so, Father, we want to confess that sin to you. Thank you for showing us, for reminding us yet once again how much our hearts need you. And thank you Thank you that you, in your grace and mercy, sent Jesus to die for our wandering hearts, for our hearts that are so easily distracted and worried and bothered about things that are unnecessary. Thank you that there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. But Father, I pray that you would burn these truths deep into our hearts. That we would wake up in the mornings longing to be with you. Knowing how much we need that time sitting at your feet. So that when we do enter into service in our day, it will be a service that is honoring to you. Thank you that you have given us everything that we need for service that honors you. And so I pray now that as we spend time thinking on you, that we lay our hearts bare before you, that you would do a work in us. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.